0: Welcome to Wputonic Roundtable Podcast, where a panel of leading WordPress junkies discusses the latest WordPress and internet stories of the week. Now, on with the show with your moderator, Jonathan Dinwood.
1: Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Roundtable Show. This is episode 463. I've got a small panel, but a powerful panel. got some decent stories, I think. I think you're going to be entertained listeners and viewers. So let's start with our special guest panelist, Vito. Vito, would you
2: like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Sure. I'm Vito. I'm the founder of uh, WP Feedback, which is a communication platform for WordPress professionals.
3: That's
1: great. And I've got my great co-host, Adrian. Adrian, would you like to introduce yourself?
3: Hi, everybody. My name is Adrian. I'm the CEO and founder of Groundhog. And I've got Uncle Spencer.
1: Uncle Spencer, would you like to introduce yourself?
4: I'm Spencer Farman. I'm Jonathan Denwood's long-lost American uncle, who I remember him when he was a wee little lad. And uh, you can find me at launchflows.com.
1: There we go. And before we go into the main stories, I want to talk about a couple of our great sponsors. Our main sponsor this week is WP WP Feedback. And what does WP Feedback do? Well, you've always been in that terrible communication loop with clients. They send you email. They send you text messages. You don't see them. They get really frustrated and they take their frustrations out on you. That's not very nice, but I have a technological answer to the problem, and that is WP Feedback. Go and have a look at what they're offering. It's amazing, and it will totally change your relationship and your onboarding processes with your clients. They're also offering a great 25% discount to you, listeners and viewers. All you have to do is use the Coupon code WP Tonic Rocks. I repeat that WP Tonic Rocks, and you'll get 25% off any of their packages. It's a still Go over there and also tell them that you heard about it on the WP Tonic show. Our second sponsor is Launch Flows. So you've got a WooCommerce, you're building a WooCommerce site for a client or you're trying to build one yourself and you want a modern shop, shopping cart environment or experience Launch flows puts WooCommerce on steroids. And also you can use your most popular page builders to achieve that. So it's a really fantastic product and I couldn't recommend it more, so go over there. And also tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic show. So let's go into the first story panel. Gutenberg can tackle the problem Fields API tried to solve. What did you think of this one, Adrian?
3: uh so uh there there's a, a yes and no the Gutenberg uh has a lot of ability for like front end content editing and for uh, managing site widgets and and doing the whole like front end user experience and modifying that through their uh, options and whatnot. There are certain things, however, in the back end of WordPress that Gutenberg would not necessarily probably be a great area to stick. Uh, React and JavaScript and all that stuff in to solve what could be like simple base or or a lot more simple basic problems. Uh, Part of the thing that the fields API was trying to solve is like consolidating the settings API and metaboxes and the way that you essentially handle post data. So if you send, you know, if you type, if you fill out a form with like content headline and all that stuff, that stuff gets sent to the server and then the server processes it and stores it somewhere. Uh, and every plugin basically has a different way of doing that process because there's no kind of like default way that WordPress recommends that you do. So you get a so in some cases, you get a bunch of like janky solutions from plugin developers who maybe don't know a lot about working with PHP or some even larger companies, for example, like the Facebook plugin had like some huge problems when uh, just a while back. And that's because they're used to working with Facebook and they don't know there's no proper way that WordPress says like, this is how you handle data sent to the server. And this is how you properly store it. That's where we get security issues happen, all that stuff. I don't think Gutenberg is primarily going to be the best way to go about and solving those issues because Gutenberg doesn't necessarily belong in your settings areas or in certain specific plugin pages that offer very specific functionality. Uh, what would be awesome is a couple of like core, uh, post data handling functions, which do not currently exist. Uh, I know that Groundhog, like my plugin, we created an entire library to solve this issue for us in the terms of displaying content as in receiving content and storing that content in a quick and effective and secure manner. And I think seeing some sort of library that you could just hook up and be like, hey guys, you know, this is a new library that we have. You can use it uh, or if you, you can switch over it for backwards camp- compatibility or you can continue doing your own thing. But it's here for novice developers who don't know a whole lot about working with post data and WordPress for you to be able to do so effectively and not introduce security risks or any of that stuff. I think a library would suffice. I don't think introducing Gutenberg into this options panels or settings areas or, WordPress or uh, other specific plugin functionality is necessarily the best way to do that.
1: I think you put it really excellent, Adrian. What do you reckon, Uncle Spencer?
4: Yeah, I mean, Adrian did a good job. That, <clears throat> that was kind of like a synopsis of the whole thing. I'll, I'll give a metaphor for what I see going on. Anybody who has been with WordPress long enough realizes that this is like the biblical story of the Tower of Babel, where like literally everybody wants to do the same thing, but there's different ways to say it. Or if you're from Great Britain, it's like people from London going up and talking to people in Wales. And they're talking in Welsh. And you're like, how do you live on the same island as me? I didn't understand a single thing you just said. Or, you know, like Yiddish is an ancient language, right? Even if you're living in a country in Eastern Europe. The point is, is that we've all had the tools available to us to make stuff happen using the core database and the functions that exist. But as time has evolved... The freedom of open source has allowed all these dialects and ways of doing things. And when you go to build a plugin, which I happen to be in the middle of at the moment, of how to do it, you see the problem is how do you go to get everybody using the same language that's simple, compact, just, oh, there's one right way to do it, when there's 10,000 dialects of ways to do it in the past, and you don't want to break everybody's shit. And that's the problem. As far as Gutenberg's concerned, there's no... Way that Gutenberg is even remotely the answer to this problem? Yeah, I was a bit. I'm. I,
1: I'm no. I, I'm no active developer There are a thousand there. different ways but to even build I, a rock
3: in Gutenberg, right? Yeah. Like, even,
1: <laughs> even I knew that. I. Just, I just don't understand why he wrote this article. So he's normally technically very spot on, but I thought this was this was way off target.
4: Was that unfit? Spencer, was that about right? Because this is this is like saying, I mean, Justin is—he was my one of the yeah. guys who taught me how to do WordPress PHP. I mean, I just absorbed everything he wrote in the 2006, seven, eight generation. But like, this is saying, oh. I just had my arm cut off in a meat grinder. The perfect solution is to get one of those antiseptic bandages from, you know, Curead. That will solve the problem of my arm being missing because it's completely unrelated. Like the Gutenberg is an additional layer of problems to add on top of the fact that we have 10,000 ways to write a function to pull something out of your
2: options table. And, you know, I mean, whatever. Yeah. Pito, what did you think? I agree with what the guy said here in terms of, uh, I, I can't see this moving into this, at least not in the upcoming uh, year or so uh, until they get a lot of the stuff uh, in the back end kind of working properly. Um, then maybe I, it can help uh, with some of the s- solution. I read some of the comments on this post as well. People were suggesting that this could be a great solution for actually reducing the load on the server and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. just by the way that it's structured. Um, so, Now uh, it's still too far to to see that, uh, especially from where we stand, which is just looking at the product from outside most of the time. Uh, But uh, maybe the guys know something that we don't.
1: Yes, maybe they do. There we go. On to the next story. Uh, The browser wars are back, but it's different this time. What do you think of this, Uncle Spencer?
4: It's interesting. There was a couple... uh, There was a couple of esoteric browsers, one of which pivoted recently. And I don't want to mistake it. It's not Ghost, the WordPress competitor, but it was the Ghost browser, Mm. which was one that was originally competing on convenience, not on security, but then they had to pivot. It was the kind of thing that it would help, like if you have 16 Google accounts and you want to organize your workflow, you could sort of have a Ghost browser tab that was like, here's everything for this account and that account. But what I do see (laughs) happening is across all of my web stuff, browsers included. There's a couple standouts. Like Gabriel Weinberg's, you know, uh, got a unique browser competitor um, to uh, Google. Its entire selling point is on privacy. When I look at the browsers, That's I brave. know... Lo-
1: That's brave, isn't it?
4: Well, it's brave, but he's made it go because his entire selling point is, the differentiator here is it's guaranteed your search results aren't being handed to, to Google. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's duck duck go. I mean, I can say the product. But in the browser, I know for a fact I'm getting taken by behind the schoolhouse and being made pregnant every time I use my browser by Facebook because I just as much a type a word and that topic shows up in Facebook. Like it is so obvious to me that every single thing I'm doing is being abused, that I have to be honest that this would be the first time that I'm not really super concerned about privacy, but I would really start to think like, you know, maybe that's not so cool. Like maybe they don't have the right to literally advertise against every single thought that comes out of my mind and I type into the screen.
1: Yeah, I'm not all that concerned because I don't even understand myself how my mind works after time. So I'm sure bloody Facebook can't work it out. Uh, oh, you, they
2: oh, they you, can. You reckon they know more than me? I don't think Yes, so. uh, I think uh, they know. They, like, what is amazing about the WordPress algor- uh, the Facebook algorithm, and how it kind of like uh, looks at these websites, because essentially when you look at a website that has the pixel, it knows another bit of information about you that then it can use against, uh, against you or in your benefit essentially providing ads that are relevant to you. Um, but the, the, the coolest thing, or the kind of like the interesting thing, or where it gets dark, some, some would say, is with the projections that they're doing. So they're kind of looking at a few billion people around the world and saying, if this guy li- lives in this area, did these things and then later went on and bought a Beyonce ticket to a concert, then probably Jonathan that started in the same way will end up in the same way. So let's show him a ticket to buy Beyonce, go to Beyonce. So that's how like they're projecting the future for us uh, uh, in terms of our action, just because we are people, we're so predictable, you know? So like, uh, even if we don't think so as, as a human race, we just, Doing the same thing
1: again sheep. and again we just, digi- just
4: digital sheep listeners. And <laughs>
1: Back to Uncle Spencer. I went on a bit of a... You know, so, like,
4: hold on. So you add, I want to just add. You add in, like, remember we talked about that guy, Adjut Pai, who is the FCC chairman who is just owned and bought by the yeah. corporations, like the cable company, <coughs> and he quashed the internet, you know, open internet thing as a concept. You just take edge pie 's attitude and you mix it with the browser thing to to watch everything mixed with what Vito referred to, which is predictability and The danger is that literally you only get to see a fraction of what's real really out there because those things in combination just throttle you down to be like your own version of living in China or something where that 's not how it's supposed to work it's supposed to be like Show me everything and I'll search from what's there. Not, oh, you guys decided because I'm paying this Comcast or that Comcast or this browser or that browser. And I think that's the danger of all this ultimately is that you become literally like spoon-fed whatever they think you should have versus having actual choice. But isn't that been like that forever? Like before the internet? The difference is ideally you're correct. But the difference is there was never done with – Unbeknownst to your understanding how it works. In other words, like if your mailbox is filled with spam from a certain this or that, you know who it's coming from and you know that it's, you know, anybody could still send you mail. But when you go on the internet, you still, most people have the expectation that I'm browsing the full Monty. Right. Instead of like I'm only browsing from a straw. Either, yeah.
1: (coughs) What do you reckon, Adrian? What do you think the gist of the article was?
3: Um, So I I, I think the gist of the article, as they've already pointed out is rather than, you know, making a decision to use a certain piece of software based on convenience, it's not going to be based on privacy and the amount of data that you can expect to be sharing in order to use whatever X service for free, essentially. Uh, so in order the, the, the trade off of using something for free is to sell something in another way, which is generally our information. Nothing is free as they say. And browser companies have to make money, and they have to pay their employees, and they're going to do that by selling information that they know about you, by ads and whatnot, to other companies. That's kind if of you're paying, you're
2: product, right?
3: if you're not paying, you're the product, right? You're not paying, you're the product. Where's that from? I, I heard that before.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I heard. I don't this, know. Uh,
3: I have heard it a couple of times. But if yeah. you're not, yeah, like Vito uh, says, if you're not paying, you are the product. So it's a quite. Uh, Moz doesn't Mozilla have like a premium service now, or Firefox? They have a premium, premium version of their browser that offers more security.
1: I know, I know about a year and a half ago, I was getting very, very... I've, I've stayed with Firefox religiously over the years, and I was I was getting very frustrated with it because it got really, really kind of um, clabby and clunky. Yeah. But it seems to got a bit better again. And I'm, for some reason, I've never been a really great fan of Chrome. Where other people um, really love it, but for some reason I've never really warmed to it, but I couldn't tell you why. But Is
4: Firefox still? <coughs> Pardon? What do you use now still? Firefox? Yes, I still use Firefox. I mean, I, I love Firefox, but in general there was a moment, a tipping point about two, two and a half years, three years ago, where I realized as much as I loved Firefox that everything was running Chrome. And if I didn't start with Chrome and use their tools, I was just basically like Internet Explorer version 2.0 of, oh, it works great on web- <laughs> on Firefox, but it looks ridiculous here. So that's the important reality. And I that. like
1: Firefox developer as well. I've always liked that as my kind of yeah. developer tool. I, um, my browser developer tool, I just always like Firefox developer. Yeah.
3: What I think, uh, uh, what to I, I took from, yeah, go on, ajay I was just going to mention that I'm partial to like the the Chrome Developer Tools and the Chrome Developer Toolkit, which is what we use in the office. And uh, just to, to to add another point, so I mean the the article is based around like the the coming of Microsoft Edge, their their mm-hmm. second version, which is based on. Chrome, because I'm not sure if anybody knows this, uh, but you can go download Chromium, which is an open source project, and Chrome, the actual Google Chrome product, is based on this Chromium open source project. So what they've done is they basically just like forked Chromium, and they've built their Microsoft Edge on top of that, but with different privacy policies and ad policies and all of this tracking policies, Uh, Edge is going to be basically not doing a whole lot of them, like the other browsers are saying no third-party tracking cookies, no Facebook pixels, none of that stuff. And that's the way that browsers are starting to move in order to keep people on their products versus uh, the way that Microsoft Edge is going. It's going to be a little bit more uh, ad-friendly and tracking-friendly, uh, and it's probably going to be bundled with laptops. So I guess we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I, was talking I, so- I,
2: I Go on, sorry. Go on. So I think like, uh, that the big advance or the big Take that I took from this thing is what's going to happen with privacy policies uh, going into the future because now it's such a massive, massive mess uh, when every state, you know, uh, the, US, the US just got into the game in the up- in the last uh, two years uh. or so. Uh, and you see like stuff happening in every state with different rules <coughs> and every, different laws in different states and so on. And then how does this apply to the guy that's living in New Guinea and the guy that's living in Sweden and the guy that's living in Germany and all of these kinds, of, and still using the same website. I'm actually in, a, in, a, in a, I've, been, I've been working on our own privacy policies and uh, terms of condition with, uh, with one, some of the things that we're working on now, which is going to be a huge part of the project. Uh, having something that is like a proper privacy policy in place and working with lawyers and all this kind of stuff. They don't even know what's going uh-huh. on at this stage. Uh, so, but the responsibility is being pushed out to the website owner. Uh, so what we do as website, as web designers, uh, we kind of like use all kinds of some solutions that are out there like Termageddon and TermsFeed and these kind of guys. But uh, But still, these solutions are very focused around like local niches. So you can't have, there is no global website that applies to privacy policies yeah. across the world. What the big players do is they create different websites that have uh, uh, that are just being pulled up based on geolocation and have different privacy yeah. settings to them um, but uh, But taking this to the source, even though like i 'm you know, I'm a marketer, so I love the fact that we can track everything. Uh, so that's going to really hurt that part of the business. Um, but, uh, but taking it to the source and fixing the problem from the browser. So if you're in the UK, you have a GDPR compliant browser, uh, then uh, I think that's the best way to tackle privacy uh, going into the future. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Great point. On to the next story.
1: Um, GoDaddy. Go, WordPress theme offers page building experience via the block editor. What did you think of this one, Vito?
2: Um, so, like, it's a free theme, you know, it's, it's out there. Uh, like, it's, I, I couldn't see much of a differentiator than, uh, compared to some of the other stuff that are out there. It's pretty nice that they incorporated Gutenberg in a, in a way that, that elevates this a little more to becoming a page builder rather than a layout builder. Um, like a designer than than just like uh, creating columns and stuff. Uh, that's that's pretty cool, Nifty, from that end. I think that, uh, yeah, it's just one of those themes that are going to be out there. It's not something that us professionals will ever use, uh, in my opinion. Uh, but I can see a lot of value coming to this for uh, for GoDaddy customers for end, and the mm. end users. Um, in the long run, these things are going to hurt us a, a little more. Uh, you know, because the, the more systemized building a website will become, which here, uh, you know, Justin described this as like, I pushed a button and I already got a website, uh, so which is the dream for some, uh, you know, for, for the end consumer, but it's the nightmare for web designers. Well, you know,
1: building something and getting a result from it, it's totally different animals, aren't they? What do you reckon, Uncle Spencer?
4: I mean, I see a glimmer of the original Justin in this article where he's at least being objectively critical of the things that don't make sense. But the whole point of the article eludes me. It just feels like besides the point, I mean, it's GoDaddy. They're using a Gutenberg theme. Oh, wow. That's news. I I just don't, I I don't understand what the purpose is because I can think of a lot of cool things that Justin could be reporting on. And maybe I have to just email him because I, I, like I say, I really am his big fan, but You seem to be finding a never-ending stream of Justin Tadlock infomercial stories going on. (laughs) Well,
1: he's the kind of um, voice of WordPress, so I tend to try and go there to find some stories. (laughs) I'm
4: not blaming you, I'm saying, because I do feel Justin has such capacity for really high-level stuff. I'm really surprised that he's got even more than a few fluff stories, because this is just fluff. I mean, he's not being bad reporting. He's telling the mm. facts, but it's just like, oh, Gutenberg theme from GoDaddy. Okay. Wow. Why don't we talk about some politics or what Otto is doing to somebody today? Understand? I think, think that
2: <laughs> from, from the news point of view, I think that the advance is that uh, a big company like GoDaddy is adopting uh, this uh, the Gutenberg product, which we can see on the tavern. They're like, um, you know, the biggest advocates ever to the Gutenberg project. Um, Good or bad, that's what they do. So, like, uh, if a, if a company like this, well, I've a, um,
1: this, I've got I've got a news story. Me and Adrian had the pleasure of interviewing Brian Gardner last yesterday. Um, the founder, the founder of Studio Press, and um, you know, always been a fan of Brian. You know, um, very successful, but done it in his own way. But he he was quite open to my question. He he would love. Uh, Matt to invite him as the marketing supremo of WordPress, and actually, I, I think he would be really good at it. I, I think yeah. he would make a really good job of it.
4: I agree. He's you got know? a sensibility.
1: He um he's he's done his own thing, but he's done it pretty straight, hasn't he? And he's always been reasonably straight with people, and he's got a good creative mind as well. So, I could see him being a really diplomatic, steady. Um, figurehead uh, um, to the WordPress movement, really. So uh, um, you never know, Matt might one day listen to the show. And you never know, do you? Uh, um, I think we're going to go for our break, folks, and we'll be back and we've got some other
0: stories. Are you a WordPress consultant, designer, or small digital agency owner? Then you need WPtonic as your trusted white-label developer partner for your next big e-learning or WooCommerce project. WPtonic has the knowledge to help you build out custom functionality that your clients need in LearnDash, Lifter LMS, and WooCommerce. WPtonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with a full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Find out how WP Tonic's white label services can help your agency today. Go to WP-Tonic.com's homepage and book a free consultation with Jonathan. That's WP-Tonic, just like the podcast. We're coming back. Yes,
1: Supreme News. GoDaddy's got a WordPress theme. Yeah. Right, on to story four. A friend of the show, uh, uh, Brian Jackson, um, um, a great um, marketing um, manager for Kinster. He's leaving Kinster. What did you think of this, Adrian?
3: Uh, well, all I can really say is thanks, Brian. Uh, I actually, it was funny, I emailed Brian, I think, on the 18th, and this story was posted on what, the 19th? <laughs> I, I just have to check. Yeah, on the 19th, I, email, I think I emailed him on the 18th and asked him to add Groundhog to Kinsta's blog article, you know, best CRM for WordPress or top 14 CRMs for WordPress or whatever it is. Uh, and uh, he connected me with their uh, their content guy, Mario, and got added and was like, great, thank you so much. And then this comes out. So I got right in there right at the end of this, right at the end of this term. Uh, so thank you, Brian, for doing that for me. And I really appreciated if you listened to this at any point. He's, a,
1: our interview, uh, he's just, a, he's just well. a great guy I've always had. Um, when I first met Brian, I knew he was going to be a star. This was before he was hired by Kinster. But I think he's done over, you know, time just flies. I think it's now three or four years he's been with Kinster. I think he's done an excellent job oh, yeah. in um, promoting Kinster and helping them um Build their business, you know. Well, uh, their
3: content uh, marketing strategy is like second to none. Yeah, uh, they're like they constantly a new standard. Yeah, it's it's the, the the like the high level, you know, like low quality content and pushing out a lot of it is no longer an acceptable. It has yeah. to be high quality, high value, actionable insights. Is then like the new works. standard for you know creating content and shipping content that will actually turn into revenue at some point uh and and it just goes to show that creating those high value high content and spending the money spending the time in order to create it uh will inevitably get you high and high quality results essentially because you know can move from where they were to where they are today which is like an, an, an incredible feat and it's all because i think of that that And um, and um,
1: basically, some people have asked me about, you know, the article that he wrote. They've asked me, what's the real truth? Well, actually, I I think what he's put in the article is the truth because he's always had very long-term health problems, which he's managed to master. Um, But he's also very much a work alcoholic, like he works like 12 he can work like 12, 14 days, hours per day for a couple of weeks. And then he, and he has the, you know, he, he's always been like that. So uh, I think also he's got his own products in the WordPress ecosystem that I know he wants to promote and spend more time building up Um so I think the things that he put into his thank you letter to Kinster are about true. Uh, what do you reckon, Uncle Spencer?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I think you has covered it well. A great brain, which I appreciate, unlike a lot of companies that come up with some weird stuff that you can't remember or can't say, can't spell. And it's something that you hear frequently, even outside the show. And Brian, as a human being and as a person in the WordPress community, is impeccable. I mean, he's very honest, and he's very likable, and he's done nothing but help out. So I wish him the best, and I can appreciate the burnout scenario as an, you know, a person with or without health problems. You can always push your throttle too far down. So if he feels like it's happening, it's probably a good idea for him to step back and do something that won't.
1: Yeah, I think so too. And I've got to say, you know, I'm bound to say this, but I honestly believe it. I've been so appreciative of Kinster's ongoing support from Tom, the chief financial officer, to the CEO, to Brian. They've been a fab, fantastic sponsor for me because they understand the long-term value of podcasting and building a brand name and being a true part It's all about and- that
3: high-quality content.
1: Yeah, um, and they've always understood what I, I was looking to do, So, that, and they've been very supportive of the podcast, and I, I host the WP Tonic website with them, and I, I've been really just so happy hosting with them, um, and it's just been a great um, team effort, so I, I always... I think it shows that I really believe in the product when I'm pushing it on the shows and that because it's really it's really easy to push a product you're using that you actually like. You know, it makes it really easy. So enough price for kids. <laughs> Say but uh, um, I Are wish they Brian, paying
3: for this one. That,
1: no, <laughs> not. And hopefully, Bride will be able to join us on the round table show a bit more often. Um, he, he was a, a reasoning regular member, not a, a weekly, but he was reasoning regularly. But he just became too busy. But hopefully, he will consider coming on the round. I it's will. Hard,
3: it's, it's hard to keep marketers nailed down to one place. I think I think I think it's just some sort of like DNA trait. That yeah, I think you're they right can't there. stay in one place for too long, or else they go nuts. They're like, they all flitter. right, oh, I've done all I can do here. It's time to move on and do other stuff. <laughs> they I think it's just they a fl- DNA thing.
1: Uh, I thought it, this Nick, Nick story. I found this one after a bit of trawling, and um, <laughs> kind of it made me chuckle. So I thought I'll put it into the stories. Teeth alignment company, Small Direct Club, is using NDAs to cite... To stifle bad reviews online. <laughs> what did you think of this one, Uncle Spencer? I mean, this is one of those
4: examples where...
1: No, don't uh, smile too much.
4: No, but this is one of those examples where, whether it's like a movie plot or whether it's real life, that everything finds equilibrium, right? And so if you have a, a bad actor of some kind who is doing something nefarious like you can use our products only if we lock you down. What happens is it balances out in the end because the reporters can talk about the story. So they end up with worse press than if they had just allowed the people to talk honestly, which is demonstrable of the golden rule in life. And this is what I like to follow. And I'm not a role model, but I feel like this always works out. Never say or do anything in public. I'm sorry, in private, that you wouldn't want to be in public, right? Never write it down. Never say it. if you're if you're not willing for the words or the things coming out of your brain and mouth to be known by the recipients, don't say them. Because
1: well, my rule, my or, rule is on social media and in public, don't do stuff that you won't want your mother to know about. Right. Because it's always you, only lots of, you lots of you stay that embarrassing moment when your mother's learns and you get the call jonathan But i like to point out my beloved mother is dead for a number of years but <laughs> the worst thing was getting that call from your mother jonathan i've
4: heard this and you think I, oh my god <laughs> how going i explain this one to her you know, you know there's there's plenty of examples i'm sure that they didn't in- intend for this to occur, but there's plenty of examples of really, really quality products or quality companies that did some scandalous thing that had nothing to do with their product and it destroyed the company. I mean, there's others that really did stuff that was bad, but the idea is that this is a great example about the power of credibility. And I I got to believe that this is going to have a huge influence on this particular company's, you know, sales and that's unfortunate because if they just allowed it to be open talking, sure, there'd be trolls and there'd be people who'd say this sucks and whatever, but then there'd be all the fans that would come in to defend it in public. And I think that's, you know, that's how it really works, which, you know, it's a good lesson for anybody on a small scale. Um, yeah. Don't try to hide your dirty laundry. Put it on the clothesline for all the neighbors to talk about.
1: So what do you reckon, Vito? I reckon who, whoever was advising them knows fuck all about how the web and online marketing really works now in 2020. What do you reckon? Uh, I agree with that
2: for sure. (laughs) Um, I think this is like a, you know, the first lesson that you learn when you... you it's know, like 101 of internet
3: marketing, don't, isn't it? I, I, exactly. I think the
2: lesson is don't rely on a lawyer for marketing advice. Right, that's for sure. <laughs> um, but that being said, um, I don't I don't think that this is going to create a massive ripple effect for them just because the news cycle is so saturated yeah. and it's just going to disappear tomorrow. Uh, on the other end the fact that they have five stars forever will stay a lot longer. So, like, even though it's kind of a a bitchy move, uh, I think that uh, it will work for them, unfortunately.
1: (laughs) You you might be right there. (laughs) I never thought of that one. That's a good point. What do you reckon,
3: Adrian? Uh, Capitalism will run its course and the best man will win. And it looks like Invisalign will probably end up being that winner. There's a comparison in the article between the number of Better Business Bureau complaints that Invisalign has received versus, uh, this, uh, Smile Direct Club company. Uh, and I think Smile Direct Club has somewhere just over a thousand complaints while in their 10 years or eight years of business, Invisalign has only received five, <laughs> which is like pretty incredible. Uh, so I, I believe, I think, I think eventually kind of They'll they'll, they'll, get, they'll get what's coming to them, and you know, for consumers, I guess the lesson here is you get what you pay for, uh, because a yeah. uh, small direct club is the the in I wouldn't I won't say inferior, but the the less expensive option to kind of just going straight from Invisalign, which is kind of like the de facto standard. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Best. It's just yeah.
4: because it's cheaper.
3: Sponsored by Invisalign. <laughs> yes, keeps. keeps. <laughs>
1: Keep smiling, folks. Uh, um, on to the last story. Open source is growing, but not how it should. What did you think of this one, Uncle Spencer?
4: I mean, this is a reflection of the story. Uh, Ms. I forgot his first name, but Mr. Clark, right? Who was asking for money for the uh, pods project, right? It wasn't yeah. <laughs> it? This, this is one where if you're a geek and you like coding stuff, go into the comments because what this ends up being about is. Of course, open source was originally intended to allow people to do these amazing things and share, and to a certain extent it does. But the consequence is everybody who lets themselves become slave labor has become slave labor, or they're smart enough to avoid becoming slave labor by not participating at all. And it devolves into this amazing, like, toilet reading comment stream from all the old school, new skill developers about, like, hey bitches, if you just commented your code, I can do something. And if it wasn't object-oriented programming, so I didn't have to follow all your undocumented methods, blah, 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 And like, you're just sitting here going, oh my God, there's so much I didn't know and so much I realize I do know, but just from reading the comments. But the problem is, it's back to the same thing we started the show with, which the API, the fields. It's like, in the WordPress world, you can argue till you're blue in the face about what's the proper way to do something, and there's 115 right answers. And then Otto gets to decide which is the published one. And that's the issue here, which is until or unless they just sort of do something crazy like, okay, here's WordPress world one, and we're going to make WordPress world two. It's a new world. That's the thing that WordPress always should have been, but it's going to start from scratch. And you have to take a spaceship and decide if your business is on WordPress two or on WordPress one, because you'll never change the original thing away from what it is, which is just like earth. It's always different opinions, different ways of doing things. And open source, once you're in that space, is never going to magically become the simple, the corporate heads told us what to do, so there's one way of doing it. And I love that personally, but this is a great example of like, what do you mean it's not growing the way it should? It never was supposed to be anything. It was supposed to be just like life, messy. And it is.
2: Yeah, what do you reckon, Vito? i I, am, I kind of read this article and I see where it's coming from in terms of the uh, the contributor. I think that uh, that WordPress can do a lot more in terms of yeah. encouraging people to yeah. uh, to contribute to the project and Me on too. the other end uh, people are starting to look at this like uh, all right I'm working for free right so when you're doing this kind of stuff so so that's the kind of challenge uh, as this industry evolves um, I like the idea of uh, of um kind of allocating some stuff within the bigger agencies. This is basically Matt's approach to this, uh, as, far as, I, as, as far as I read, that uh, is working with the bigger agencies that they will actually allocate a few hours a week for yeah. contribution because of <coughs> the reason that it was like, a, a, you know, um, you don't want to have 100,000 contributors each doing 10 minutes a year. It's better to have like a thousand of them that are doing uh, good work.
1: Yeah, oh. the, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, it's been one of the disappointments of uh, Matt and the running and automatic. And you know, there could have been boot camps, um, scholarships, yeah. Sort of sponsorship. There's you know, just yes. loads of stuff and it's just been yeah. allowed. Hackathons
2: and stuff, you know. Just, you
1: know? Uh, and I, I could see somebody like Brian Gardner and some other people being brought in to regenerate something that's it's really sad. That it's died on the vine, for the reasons that Spencer pointed out, which are truthful, you know, um, what do you reckon, Adrian? Uh,
2: well, so, just to to summarize the point, like, uh, but but then you still see that these uh, that this, the CMS itself section is growing in mm. in you know in market share. So even though there are less people that are working on this, uh, as this article uh, states, uh, uh, the, the the open source project is still growing. I, I look at that as the, as the way that it grows. Uh, it doesn't. People don't have to necessarily <coughs> contribute directly to the core mm. of the product to contribute to to the evolution to the evolution of it, which is what we're all doing every day anyway. You know. Yeah, and that's what
4: the, I'm gonna, i have to run, so I want to say yeah. something. I'm gonna hit run. I'm saying that's like in nature the parallel. You know, genetics has this sort of oh something evolves because suddenly there's a mutation, right? And in the WordPress world, they can jerk off forever about Gutenberg, but then somebody just invents a page builder that makes Gutenberg a non conversation. That's the mutation in the ecosystem of WordPress. And that's why it's growing is because so many people, you know, all of us have a participation are, are just throwing things on the fire to make it yeah. better, but it's not coming from the top down. Sure. It never will. And it can't because they have like in the comments, this, we're the kings and you're the servants and you, you're too dumb to contribute or you have to use my custom IDE to read my code or all this bullshit. It's like, F you. I'll just make a plug-in and take, you know, take your dog and go home. Before,
1: before you go, have you got any recommendations, Spencer?
4: I'm going to recommend my own product this week. Come to <laughs> longclose.com because I have some really interesting things that are about the conversations this week. Give me a free phone call. You can you can come and call me for free, as always. At, uh, I know this is self gratifying, but
1: no, fine. no. I'm, fa- I'm fascinated how you build this product. There actually, um, the
4: the reason is that if you if you want to have any kind of sales funnel and you use WooCommerce, that's all you need. Uh, your favorite page builder, like the free Elementor, amazing stuff. But if you're confused about what the heck all it is, I'm talking about, make a free phone call. The links there, guys. Thank you. I have yeah. to run to be See smart next week. So
1: on to my recommendation. Oh, do I
3: not get to talk about open sourceness? <laughs> oh yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. I, sorry, I, yeah. I have some thoughts about oh, this. Good. Sorry. Uh, so, for, so uh, the first uh, kind of like uh, just like phrase I want to say is that commits don't pay bills. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> con- contributing to open source projects do not pay bills, uh, and they do not support your family. And you can only afford to help something as long as you know your bills are paid, and you can afford to do so. And contributing to open source or creating an open source project uh, without a business model is a hobby it 's not a business so the, the the whole like but not how it should thing is kind of just like a reality of hey listen you know we need to afford things to do things uh, in order to live and to f- purchase property and groceries and eat and sleep and all of that good stuff so the the the, the two parallels between how I think that you know the 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 best way that open source moves forward is exactly as Spencer mentioned and Vito mentioned is that as the open source project goes, which is mainly maintained by Automatic, which is a for-profit company and they have a business model. So, you know, they can afford to do WordPress and all of that stuff. The way that we contribute to WordPress is by also having for-profit enterprises that are meant to do uh, to, to grow and employ people and provide salaries and all of these things. But the whole, the, but if it's, there's no business model backing your ideas or backing whatever software you're putting, it's just a hobby and it's not necessarily something that's going to be able to help people far into the future. Maybe it'll solve a problem right now and a couple of grievances, but if there's nothing backing that up, can you honestly realistically expect that anybody, even yourself, will continue to maintain and contribute to that code base? It's, it's just not a realistic expectation. So like the, the it, while like in theory it's like all the like kunky dory and hippie and we're all going to help each other, you know, WordPress is maintained by a for-profit company. The people who contribute to WordPress are mainly from for-profit plug-in companies or industries or theme developers and that's just the way that it works and it's hard to expect people to give up their time if there's not necessarily any sort of financial benefit in that because it takes time and it takes experience in order to do things. I liked the idea that you'd mentioned of like maybe scholarships yeah. or some sort of other bonuses or incentives to actually participate in the contribution of the open source project. Sometime but again, we'll it's always cost-benefit, right? So the benefit is the contribution, but what's the cost of that? If it's not some sort of financial uh, if, they, if we're not paying them to commit, then what other benefits are we going to be offering? Is it, you know, room I think and board? Said, is I, like still think it, or whatever.
1: I still think it's a great way for a junior developer to get into the whole world and produce stuff.
3: And But, you know, you do need Absolutely, more. but that's not a consistent relationship. No, no. That's not a long-term relationship. Yeah, to get started, great. But I think, and, and they talk about it in the article, the, uh like WordPress pro- or the WordPress project and larger open source project needs consistent, committed yeah. developers in order to iterate yeah. features and, and move projects forward. If you're turning over, you know, new people
1: yeah.
3: once a month, maybe once a year, yeah. then the, the thinking pattern, because at the end of the day, it's not, WordPress is not a culmination of everybody's thoughts. It's a culmination of everybody's thoughts filtered down through a few people. Like, that's a great idea. We're going to put that in there. Uh, but that that consistent thought process can't happen if you're turning over developers all the time. No. There's going to be no continuity of essentially like what what are the goals, what the projects that we're setting out. If there's no continuity, the project can't move forward. So that you know, I I find like the the article is like being mad about the reality of the situation is mm. that you need consistent developers, but those consistent developers need to be compensated in some way, shape, or form. And but open source, the idealistic of open source does not provide a way for that compensation to happen.
1: Well thanks for that. It was fantastic. On to our recommendations. Um, mine is a bit out there. It's the autobiography of Malcolm X, as told by Alex Harley, the writer of Roots. Um Malcolm's X um the anniversary of his assassination is coming up in um, next month um just a great american um a unique man I, i was just thinking what he would have made of the modern day politicians i would imagine up against him how would our present? president do against malcolm x i don't think that well actually i think i think malcolm x would uh, have a few right words to say about our present president and the um the political system at the present moment it's a great book uh, I li- you can listen to it on audiobook it's a great story of a great man and a sad death really but there we go um Adrian. Got anything you want to recommend to the listeners from
3: yours? Well, Spencer recommended his product, so I'm going to recommend mine. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> uh, if you need help with email marketing, uh, building follow-up sales funnels uh, and getting some marketing automation integrated into your business in order to save you time, money, uh, and a lot of headaches, then you can head over to with 2 gsio and uh, learn more about our product.
1: That's great. Um
2: Beta. What, what? Got any recommendations? So, <laughs> I, I had a few good dishes, but I think I'm gonna keep the flow here. Oh, <laughs> <God. laughs> <laughs> I think a, I'll take a bit of a yeah, Spencer ru- ruined your uh. section. Your segment, but I'll, I'll do it in a different way with uh, uh, I just want to invite people to join our free design community. We're now taking in uh, early access for this. Um, we have a little more than a thousand people that already signed up over the past couple of weeks with the idea of uh, uh, you can help uh, you can get feedback on your own designs by uh-huh. the people in the community. Uh, so um, it's a great way to improve your design skills. But, uh, that's for freelancers or, or uh, people that want to get better at what they do, but also from uh, an agency point of view or as a product, uh, as, a, as a, a web designer that is actually delivering to clients. Uh, the design community is essentially a free QA process. You put it out there and you get sourced QA by other bio pills by other people that are working in the profession telling you what's up, change the margins, change all this kind of stuff, all for free. So I just, di- I dropped the landing page here and, uh, yeah, everyone's invited to
1: join. Oh, that sounds great, actually. Oh, uh, it's a great idea. Well, I think I'm going to wrap it up. It's been a small panel, but I think we covered the stories and we had some great insights. I really enjoyed it, actually. Thank you, panel. And we'll be back next week with another roundtable panel talking about WordPress and what's going on the internet in general that
0: week. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week.